Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, some would say that Jesus' call to discipleship here in Luke chapter 14 is a little bit over the top, a little excessive. Therefore, there's probably many pastors today that feel that their role is to explain away the tension, to help make our Lord's difficult words more reasonable. But to do that would betray the purpose for which our Lord spoke these words in the first place. These are indeed challenging words. Challenging words said in order to bring our entire lives in alignment with our faith. And that, as we all know, is not an easy task. We read in our text that great crowds accompanied Jesus. That's good, right? That's what Jesus wants, isn't it? All people to know him and follow him. But we see in our text that Jesus turns to them and he seems to discourage the crowds. He doesn't tread softly and speak gentle words of comfort to them, words that would seem to encourage them. Quite the opposite, actually. He says some tough words, difficult words. A very high bar compared to what is often the easy, low-bar Christianity of our world today. And how do you measure up? If you do not hate your family, your father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, you cannot, you are not able to be my disciple, Jesus says. If you don't hate your own life, you're not able to be my disciple. If you don't bear your own cross, you're not able to be my disciple. If you do not renounce all that you have, you are not able to be my disciple. Yes, some strong words there, right? But these words are not meant to discourage us. Rather, to be realistic. Because Jesus knows what we don't know, or what we don't want to know, or what we so often want to forget. That Jesus is in enemy territory, come to do battle. Battle against the old evil foe, the devil, who's not going to sit back and do nothing. He's not going to take this incursion lightly. The devil's going to fight. And not just against Jesus, but against you and me. And Jesus knows the devil will use your family. You know, many people have turned away from Jesus in some way, shape, or form because of family. It's a sad thing, but it happens. I've seen it even happen here. Because of family, people are separated from Jesus. And Jesus cares about this. He also, Jesus also knows that the devil will use your own life, your own human nature and its desires to turn you away from Jesus. By making sin look good and delicious and desirable in very much the same way he did in the Garden of Eden making the truth seem mean and ugly and false doctrine seem good and reasonable and loving. 
the devil loves to play on our emotions and our weaknesses. The devil will also use persecution and the cross. Threats of not only harm, but of disadvantage at work, in school, in society, have caused many to compromise and cave to the sinful ways and will of the world. And so in short, the devil will use anything and everything in this world to undermine your discipleship, to cause you to turn back and turn away. The devil will use anything to try to separate you from Christ and his gifts. And oftentimes he does this in very subtle ways. Maybe just to make us pause and take a break. Perhaps just miss a few Sundays. Fall for just a few temptations. Disbelieve just some of God's word or one doctrine. Start thinking that we need to get with the times. But then, like the toddler who stops following mom in a crowded mall to look at something else, we soon find ourselves separated from Jesus. And if left on our own, not able to get back. But your Savior cares for you too much to say nothing. And that is why Jesus speaks so sternly today, warning us that if you love these things more than me, if you prefer these things and follow after these things, you're not able to follow me, Jesus says. You will fall. And we do fall if not directly because of sin and temptation, then because we've simply grown battle-weary. Because it's hard to keep fighting, isn't it? It's hard to stay vigilant. Most times we just want a time of peace and rest. But the problem is the, the enemy does not rest. The devil doesn't rest. He thinks he can win this war. The devil believes that he can eliminate the church. And you know what? If we look around the world today, it may even look like he's succeeding. The persecution against Christians in many countries, the false doctrine taught in many churches, the watering down of the truth, the inconsistencies of our lives, and all the empty pews. But here's the good news. The devil cannot win. The devil will not win. We have Jesus' promise in Matthew chapter 16 that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Now, without that promise, we're done. And so here, not only this promise, but all the good news that Jesus has for you for you who cannot build the church or your own eternal life, for you who do not have the strength or the numbers to stand up to the enemy's forces and power. Here, so that you live not in fear of the enemy or in despair in yourself, but rather live in confidence in your Savior and boldness against whatever comes your way. You have a Savior who encourages you with his word. For you see, God did count the cost. He calculated what it would take. He knew the price of victory. And the answer for him, the answer of how many, how much, is one, his son. 
to build his church, one, his son. The number needed to stand up against the devil and his minions, one, his son. Who took up the cross, one, his son. Who renounced all that he has, one, his son. Who loved his heavenly father more than family, more than the things of this world, more than his own life, one, his son. And when that one, hanging, suffering, bleeding, and dying on the cross, said, it is finished, it was. Completely, fully. Now the devil will keep on fighting until the last day, until the very last moment. And casualties will still sadly happen. But that third day, when the seal of death and the grave were broken and Jesus' resurrection The war was over. Victory assured. The gates of hell are no match for that one. That one who is on your side. That one who fights for you. Who battles for you each and every day for all of your needs. And so all that you need to be his disciple, that one puts here for you and gives to you. Because on your own, that's not going to happen, right? You and I simply are not able on our own. But in Jesus, and with him and his victory, you are his disciple. You are his disciple because he has done it. You are baptized into Christ. You are his, his child, his disciple. Because he has declared it to be so. And he will provide all that you need to remain so. And so the life that you need against the deadly poison of the devil, that's given to you. The forgiveness that you need when you fall, given to you. The love you need when your love gets messed up, given to you. The strength that you need in your weakness, given to you. All that you need, it is given to you. For his blood given and shed for you is now given to you in his word and sacraments. His blood given to wash you clean, feed you, strengthen you, keep you, and to give you his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit to make you holy by connecting you with Jesus. And to live in you as your strength against the old evil foe. All of that given to you. And so now, in Jesus and with his spirit, you are able. You are able to live a new life. It's what Christ gave his all for you to be, his beloved disciple. Because remember, discipleship isn't something that we choose. It's not something that we do. It's a gift. It's a gift given to us by God's grace, a gift of forgiveness, a gift of redeeming grace that has recreated us into someone new. And Jesus wants all of you, all right? Not just part of you. Not just the church part. Not just the weekend part or the morning devotion part or the spare time part or the part of your life that you want to give him and then keep the rest for yourself. No, he wants all of you all the time. And so he gave all of himself for all of you, so that all of you are forgiven and redeemed. 
that through his life, death, and resurrection, you are salty salt again. That's how great his love is for you. That's how great his death is for you. That's how great your baptism is, where he gives it all to you. His forgiveness, his life, his salvation. Everything, everything that you need, it's all given to you. And there's nothing that's held back. Because the Jesus who wants all of you also gives all of himself. There are no partial gifts with Jesus. No, he's all in for you. And so don't try to soften the words of Jesus that we heard today by saying, oh, I know they say this, but they must mean that. No, these are hard words. They're hard words because they're meant to put you, the sinful self, down, to crush you, to kill you. That's what the law does. So that Jesus can raise you, resurrect you, the new you, the new disciple you, to new life. In him, and in him alone. For only then can you be his disciple. So how then do we live as Christ's disciples? What does all this mean to live in both extremes? To have it cost us everything and also cost us nothing? Well, perhaps one way to look at it is simply and profoundly this. Thanks be to God. For in Christ alone, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. The demands, the guilt, the obligations of the law, they have all been fulfilled and canceled. By faith, we are forgiven and set free. And it's all yours. It's all gift, all grace. And so now we can gift ourselves to others, which when you really think about it, is really what it means to follow Jesus, who lived, served, and died, not because he had to, but because he loved. Jesus, who needed nothing, gave everything. And so too now you and I in Christ Jesus. That's discipleship. The gospel doesn't set us free to do nothing, but to do everything in Christ. To live as if there's no tomorrow, because the today that we live in, in Christ, is never going to end. And that, brothers and sisters in Christ, is true freedom. And then, and only then, we can follow where Jesus leads. Only then, we can follow even to the cross. And that's why I could not and would not soften the Lord's words today. Because they are the greatest encouragement to live what we believe. And in so doing, they are the greatest discouragement against the devil, the world, and the sinful flesh that Christ gave his all to defeat once and for all. Our Savior, whom it cost everything to give us our discipleship, gives us the joy of being who we are in him for eternity. Amen.